Professional disaster. Hey, this is a podcast where we ask each other questions and sometimes we maybe even answer them. Even though we're supposedly professionals, uh, we're still kind of disasters. <laughs> my name, <laughs> my name is Matt Norman. With me, as always, is my friend, my pastor, someone who's really embracing the life of a professional <laughs> podcaster with a really nice set of headphones. Will Hebner, how's it going, my friend? My eyes are down here, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm I'm extremely <laughs> envious of these uh, podcasting headphones. I was looking online. I was like, man, I gotta get me a set of those. Uh, they're they're pretty they're pretty choice. That's that's just my way of saying it. Well, thank you. Yeah, Will Hevener, we're glad we're we're glad to have you here. Um, super excited that we have. A pretty awesome review. Hey, we sure do. Want to thank everybody for just kind of the the positive thoughts, uh, your prayers, your 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 feedback, and everything. It's been kind of fun to get some good word of mouth. Uh, my wife, I think, has taken the feedback that I gave her last week and decided, well, now I'm not even going to send text messages. I'm just going to say it verbally. But uh, but that's okay. We have other people <laughs> that, uh, that that have been really kind. Uh, got a really good comment from uh, Kristen, who uh, is is a, is a good friend from way back, great teacher in the community. Her husband Levi is a is an Eagles fan, so obviously he's nice. a good dude. <laughs> <laughs> so you just had to mention that. I just had to that mention was just that. really important detail. Uh, but she said a really nice thing. Uh, uh, Tara has been very kind to uh, to share the post each week, which is something that not even I have done on Facebook. She's she's really dedicated. Kristen replied back to to Tara's uh, sharing, saying, "I listened to this today, and then had to download Spotify and listen to two more, and then said they're great, which is wow, awesome. really generous. Thank yes, you, Kristen. Thank you so much." And. If you're out there and you you do enjoy it, and you know that whether or not you listen on Spotify or Overcast or iTunes or Amazon or you know any of those, and yeah. Matt, you listen to it. I listen to it on Pocket Cast. Yeah. You know. So we we should be on most of those. If there is one that you're listening to that we're not on, and you're like, hey man, I wish they were on this one. Let us know. We'll we'll try to figure out how to do it. Oh yeah, that would be yeah. that would be great. Hey, and if you want to send us some questions or any feedback or anything like that, we've got an email address uh, on Gmail. If uh, if you if you want to answer the questions or if you want to give us some notes on anything that you think we can we can look into or, or ask questions about in the future, or just any feedback that you have about things that you're enjoying or or, or not so much, even maybe uh, your brother will send you an email that says you're awkward. <laughs> maybe my brother will say, "Why didn't you read the entire email?" That yeah, I sent come on, man. It's like, <laughs> we're trying to. Yeah, no, love you, brother. Anyway, if you do have any questions feel free to email us at prof disaster 2023 at gmail.com and as always it's spelled exactly the way that it sounds so uh you can find us uh by by emailing us that way of course if you if you happen to know us or you happen to see it on social media feel free to drop us a comment on there too we're, we're glad to get it yeah man that'd be awesome Hey, we're going to jump right into things here with our with our warm up question. And the warm up question today is kind of a fun one. It's almost kind of meta because it's us doing uh, hypothetical planning for the podcast, I guess, for the future yeah. of a sort. So the warm up question for today is: If you 
could have any guest on the podcast, who would you choose? Now, we're going to play this two different ways so yes. we get two different answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you could have anybody that's dead, that's currently not alive right now, if you could bring them back just for the podcast episode, <laughs> who would you bring back? I guess <laughs> that's kind of sad. It's like... <laughs> Yeah, it's getting towards the end of the podcast. I guess we won't be seeing you anymore. <laughs> but well, thanks for coming back for this hour. Yeah. Um, enjoy, enjoy the rest of your eternal slumber. Yeah. So, who who would you bring back, and then who is currently alive that you would love to interview for the podcast? So we we really important question. Picking one dead, one alive. Um, we also put the stipulation that neither of us were going to choose Jesus. Or uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, and, and, so. and really, I went for me personally. It's okay if you didn't do this, but I I kind of tried to rule out Bible characters I did in general. Yeah. I did too. Certainly, really interesting yeah. people. I would love to talk to to kind of pick their brains about their experiences. But no, I and mine are pretty contemporary. Even the even the. Um, the, the deceased. Um, so I'll go ahead and get into it. So dead, I really went back and forth for, for the, from the time that we picked this question as what was going to be our warm up question to about an hour ago, I thought I was going to say Stanley. I love Stanley. Mm. He's an amazing writer, creator of the Marvel universe as we know it today, but I've read a lot of books on him. I kind of, I kind of know his deal. And I also know that he's a, he's a little bit of a caricature or, or a spinster or he was when he was alive. I'm not sure I'd be getting the truth. So <laughs> I love him, but it's the truth. Um, he, he he would tell some fibs every now and again. Anyway, so yeah. I decided on J.R.R. Tolkien as the mm. person that I would love to interview. I, I just changed my answer. <laughs> That's a great, great person. Uh, I love Tolkien. You know, they, they say that Tolkien was, was just such a brilliant guy that he came up with several different languages and then decided he needed to write a, uh, a universe around them and thus created Middle Earth and the Lord of the Rings. That um, just, it, it really backstory. blows my mind that somebody just says, hmm, I think I'll invent a language. Yeah. And then, like, dude, and then multiple yeah. languages. I'm, I, yeah. I, it, and the other thing that would be really fun about that interview is talk to him about his faith as well yes exactly and how that intertwines with his writing really interesting guy went through a lot obviously in war and just has seen a lot you know and that impacted a lot of his writing it, it had to have impact just his worldview and and how his his relationship with with god and his faith must have you know uh progressed or manifested it was really important for for also the the conversion and and you know the faith journey of c.s lewis which is another really celebrated author from right around that time and and a really cool really cool guy but, but Tolkien would be amazing. I would just love to get into the head of somebody that that just un, almost an unparalleled imagination, I think you would have to say, right? I, I don't know that there's yeah. a fiction or fantasy writer or, or, you know, anything like that that has such an expansive universe that he created, you know, that's totally, you know, his creation, right? No no collaborators or no significant collaborators anyway, like, like some of these other, you know, uh, Stan Lee, for example, or anything like that. So, yeah. So that's who I chose for the person. Man, it would be it would just be a blast to talk about writing, to talk about faith, to talk about all oh, yeah, uh, man. life. That that's such be, a great answer. That would be cool. Hashtag jelly. <laughs> about your answer right now. Well, I I've been hanging out with the cool kids. That's why I know stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. 
Sorry. Oh, really good. Okay. So, uh, so let's see. So that would be my person that was that was dead, and then my my uh, living person. I went through a lot of different uh, choices for this, but it, I, I was I was kind of caught between a couple of different choices. Again, people that are um, alive today, if they're if they're kind of notable or something, it seems like you know you get a you get a sense of who they are through interviews and stuff yeah. already. Media. Anyway, I chose. I chose, uh, this is kind of a cheat, but they work together all the time, so I feel like it would work. But I chose Joe and Anthony Russo, the uh, mm. director, the brother-director duo behind uh, some amazing movies. Comic book movies, yes, but also uh, they've worked on a lot of shows that I love, too, like Arrested Development and Community and, and some others that have been just so funny. But they can also do amazing sto- amazing storytelling on a on a huge level. And yeah, and I don't cool. know, I just think it would be kind of interesting. They're, they're kind of at the high of their powers right now after directing the biggest movie in you know in in certainly the last you know like 20 years or whatever but what movie is that matt i I would avengers endgame i think is the one that i was thinking of when i said that i was gonna go i was gonna zag on you and say uh um um uh, 21 bridges the uh the chadwick boseman (laughs) but no That was not received super well. It was not not a very popular movie. I liked it, though. Anyway, that's my answer. Will, what about you? Man, so I'm going to do what you did and say that there was somebody that I was really interested in saying, kind of like your Stan Lee pick, and that was Chris Farley. Okay, yes. And just because, one, I think he's one of those deaths that I was most upset about because his... His comedy was just so good, and he was one of the best at physical comedy. Like, just the things that he did, the movements that he made, like, just, I, and I just think interviewing about his life, and and obviously if you could bring somebody back like that to even talk about some of the, the drug usage and, and, you know, all that would just yeah. be, would be really fascinating. Really sad ending there. Um, yeah. But absolutely. I think if, if I only had one pick, I would probably go with Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, simply because not, not so much. I mean, I, I would love to get in and talk to him about civil rights and, and just some of his, the things that he did and just incredible and, and just his belief system and how all that is fueled from his faith. I think would be a lot of fun conversation, but I, I think that I would just love to talk to him like pastor to pastor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just really talk to him about what, it, what it meant for him to lead a congregation and how his civil rights and fighting for what he believed in, how that coexisted with sharing the gospel and treating people, you know, a certain way and, and not, you know, the, the nonviolence and there's just, man, there's just so much. And it is nice that we have a lot of his books and sermons and different stuff like mm-hmm. that. So we get, we have some perspective or idea that the man was just simply brilliant. You, I mean, if you read his stuff, you just, you're just like, wow, this dude, he was so smart. Without and I would just, doubt. Yeah. I would just love to just listen to him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can only imagine. I can only imagine what he, what, what some of his answers would be. He'd probably go on for forever. I'd love every yeah. second of it. Oh you know? yeah. I mean, and and even like, and if you've heard the "I Had a Dream" speech, he's got such. I mean, he would have a great podcast yeah. voice. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Not yeah, that that really, voice. That's not true. that that really matters, but that would that would be awesome. My alive person is like this is like one of the like. I, I don't know, was it called geeking out or what? There's a word for it. Like if you see somebody in, in real life and you're like, you freak out about it. Yeah. I don't know. There's like a word. I don't, I don't know. But this is probably like the one person that I would like actually like 
freak out about seeing. Like, just would be so cool. Yeah. Uh, just because I, he just is a cool. He's just got such a. Oh man, it's hard to even put the words. Just like if anybody is considered like, I'm trying to think of a word without saying a bad word. Like just like rugged, awesome. Like okay, okay. Like just a bad dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, All right. And that is Bear Grylls. Yes. And and not even so much for some of his show stuff, but if you've read any of his history and some of the stuff that he's got into, he like hurt his back and then like got better and climbed Everest and was one of the youngest people to climb Everest and was a paratrooper for the British military. Just he mm-hmm. just dude he's just gotta have like tons and tons and tons of stories and uh just even just maybe even stories from when they were filming Man vs. Wild and just yeah. some of the stuff they got into. It, it, I just think it would be a really fun to to talk and interview with him. But just yeah, just think of the range of topics you could get into with any of that yeah. stuff. It could be it could be probably deep stuff, also just kind of fun stuff. Just talking about any of his any mishaps or anything like that. That would be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. That'd be awesome. I just realized that I screwed up at the beginning that you were supposed to ask the first question. <laughs> so sorry about that. It keeps us going. We're good. Yeah. We're good. It's a free flowing, free flowing. Well, you thing. started. I was like, no, I'm supposed to do this. <laughs> and now that I'm looking at my sheet, I'm going, oh no, you were supposed to do that. <laughs> I saw you pick up the card, and I was like, I thought I was, but maybe I misunderstood. And it's like, that's okay. I'm glad it's people for you at home. This is why we're called professional disaster because. We, we don't got things figured out, obviously. But uh, so we're going to move on to the question of the pod. And this one, I, 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 I'm really anxious to see where we end up. Not, mm-hmm. not anxious in the sense of, but I, I, I just think that this, this conversation could, could potentially get real deep real quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we wanted to talk about loneliness and I think for me, part of the reason why it was an important topic for me, because I feel like loneliness is becoming more of an epidemic. Yeah. It seems like this is something that everyone struggles with. And loneliness is one of those things that starts maybe not that big, but it can lead quickly to some very negative behaviors, yeah. including suicidal thoughts. And so uh, we, we kind of just wanted to dive into that. The question that I was going to ask Matt, that the question that is our diving board for the, for the pod is where in your life have you experienced loneliness? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. When you kind of mention the word loneliness, a lot of things kind of clicked into place for me because we talk about what's going on in society today with regard to mental health, with anxiety, with depression. And I never really thought about the role that something like loneliness, that feeling of being alone, of, of isolation, or, or you know, the, the, these kind of synonyms or these related concepts, what, what part that plays into it. But when you ask that question, what's a time where I've experienced that, I think very readily back to a time in my life where I realized I was, I was struggling on a number of fronts. And that was when I was in college. Mm. Um, I was in college, I was in kind of my junior, senior year of college and kind of going through a rough patch in my life, physically, emotionally, um, spiritually. And, and I realized that a lot was going on with me, uh, 
probably because I didn't have a lot of people around me at, at the time. Um, there were a couple things going on that, that were that were making it hard. I, I had uh, moved into being an English major at the time, which, you know, uh, the Lord pulled me through and, and gave me um, a future and a, a hope in a future, as it says. But uh, one of those things that at the time I was really struggling with figure out what is my future with writing? You know, what am I going to do with with a job in, in an English uh, major? So I was, I was feeling a lot of... Um, I don't know, stress and anxiety about that. And that might not seem like that that's connected to loneliness at first, but it definitely was for me because a lot of my friends were in other areas and I felt like, well, okay, I know what you're going to do. I know what kind of job you're yeah. going to get into. And it's like, am I heading for a deadbeat, you know, job where I, I don't get to use my major. I have to go work uh, doing something that I'm not passionate about that I don't love or anything like that. And, and I felt, you know, kind of distanced from from other people as a result of that um I, the the other thing that was going on and um I already said that I love my brother. Um, he knows this this kind of stuff. My brother uh, is uh, about two school years behind me. So I went to a university in Maryland. And then as I was a junior, he was coming in as a freshman. And, uh, you know, we were both kind of like, and, and still are, you know, like really, really close, really, really good friends. And at that time, we were best friends. Um, whereas when I went to college, I felt, uh, you know, really shy and, and had a lot of trouble making friends in college. He immediately started making a lot of friends and uh and I was kind of like oh man what's wrong with me I'm not able to make mm, some yeah. friends and and so you know he was he was developing a pretty active uh social life and and all these really good things uh between that and between his work and I was not and so I felt like really down on myself and and alone during that period of time it felt like felt like everybody had options and people were doing things and moving on in in really exciting directions socially um um you know academically slash in terms of career options and things like that and I was stuck you know yeah. like that that's where that's where it really kind of came to rest and, and I noticed all of these kind of crazy um effects as a result too you know just just feeling uh surrounded on all sides by by depression and, and sadness and and um so when I think about loneliness that really really is a powerful time in my life you said something that I think is probably a trigger for loneliness for so many of us. And what you said was, I started to compare myself yeah. to my brother. And I wonder for how many of us, loneliness comes from comparing because when I compare myself to somebody and I don't measure up to that person, then I, I'm, I'm isolating myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And from that isolation you know, comes that. So, so yeah. do, do you feel like that comparison was a springboard into some of that loneliness for you? I, I think it absolutely had to be because, you know, there was, um, there were, there were a lot of things going on. Like I said, my brother and I were in kind of lockstep for a large portion of our, our kind of like, you know, teenage years or, or what have you. And as he was moving into college, he had, you know, a really good job, uh, that, that he was doing, uh, in the summers. He was also, he was working on himself, you know, he was, he was, he was losing weight. He was making a lot of good decisions. Mm. And in some way, you know, I, I had a really negative mindset at the time and I saw him doing that and I was like, well, that's not fair that he's doing that. I, and I, I had kind of convinced myself that I couldn't 
do those sorts of same things. And so, yeah, through that act of comparison, I felt like, oh, man, well, I'm not I'm not good enough or not skilled enough or not capable. And and so I felt like I was really all all alone. And that and, and what it kind of comes down to is this idea that it's like, well, nobody really understands exactly then what, what I'm going through, um, which which was just so so critical for me. It was this feeling of like, OK, who cares about me? And I and of course, you know, with your logical brain that, you know, you have family, you have friends that, that do care about you. But when you're stuck in that that period of feeling loneliness, you know, it's kind of. It's, it's so emotional, you know, it overrides the logical brain. Yeah. Um, I, and I don't want to dominate with my part of the conversation. I, I, well, I, I have hear, another question for yeah, you. Before. Go ahead. Because <laughs> it's, it's okay. I, it's really interesting to me. Peter tells us in Scripture that Satan hunts like a lion. And if you know anything about lions, their, their goal is they don't, they don't go after the herd. Mm-hmm. They're trying to find the one that's off by itself or the one that's injured or the one that is not with the herd because it's easier to take that one down than it is to try to fight yeah, right. the, the whole the whole group. And I'm I'm curious to ask you if if Satan if if that's what Satan wants to do, and I and I think we, we kinda want to get there eventually, but maybe not yet, as far as the negative trends that we notice when yeah. we're feeling lonely, because I, I think to me that's Satan's victory, right? Because if he gets us alone and we make poor decisions from that loneliness, but, but I'm just curious from your perspective, when, if you think about having somebody like Satan, who is your, your enemy and believing that he's real. And if you understand that part of his mission is to make you feel that way, do you, do you sense like, Looking back now, can you see moments in your life where you feel like maybe there was another force that was feeding into making me feel even more so lonely? Or maybe he was speaking narratives into your life to Mm -hmm. make you feel even more lonely than you actually were. Yeah, I think I think I think it's really fair to 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 ask that question because i think that there that there just has to be i think the severity at which i felt a lot of the emotions mm-hmm. that i felt you know it, it it's one of those things that with with time with maturity you realize okay it felt like this was this was the end of the world that like like for example i don't mean to keep throwing my brother under the bus he's just the the pinnacle <laughs> of which i look at this stuff well um, Andy, i mean you grew up with him so yeah exactly but but like you know he's getting to go out and hang out with friends and stuff like that at night and i i don't have anything going on except to to stay home and you know uh, uh, watch TV shows or something like that, and it's like you know, on the one hand, you know I could be uh, really uh, just kind of take that for what it's like. I can make plans, you know, for for like next weekend or something like that. So I could I could look at it very frankly and just say, okay, I'm not enjoying this. I'm not enjoying myself like this, and I need to I need to take some steps. I need to connect with some people that I do know and do that. Or you can kind of react and just just kind of sink into a pit where you're feeling like really really bad about yourself. Your self worth yeah. is like you know at at a bare minimum, and then you just say, okay, well it's going to be just a, a really you know cruddy weekend now, and it's yeah. 
yeah. just, just I'm just going to be miserable. And I think that that happens a lot, right? I think you allow I, it to set the tone. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, Tara, my wife and I, Tara, have we, we've talked about this a lot. Is that a lot of times we've found in our relationship and when we're kind of anticipating things that we will often speak into existence. How oh yeah, these things progress and and there was one time where i was again i was in a really negative headspace for for several years really and i've kind of talked about that a little bit on this pod too in in previous episodes and so i would kind of look at things and be unsure about how they were going to go and then be positive that they were going to go badly yeah (laughs) and she kind of challenged me one time saying well you know if you're looking at this in a really negative way isn't that probably going to make it more likely to turn out negatively yeah and so i was definitely stuck um, around that 2006, 2007, 2008 time frame in my life where I was just like feeling so bad about myself. Everything was going to go badly. Um, and then as, as something, and, and, you know, maybe, maybe you'll kind of empathize with this or, or recognize it in your own life too. You know, what I would do then is, you know, turn to food and turn to other yeah. kinds of things where, which were so fleeting and would not feel good. You know, I never did drugs or, or made any yeah. like terrible choices, but I just sank into sloth and, and, you know, yeah. kind of. That, that, that kind of sedentary lifestyle that was also not good for me. Which is almost just as dangerous because I think that sometimes we don't view those things to be as damaging as they are. Yeah. And when they go on too long, they, they can affect your health just as poorly yeah, as, indeed. you know, that they may not be able to kill you as quickly. Yeah. But they can affect your your not even just your physical health, but, you know, mentally and spiritually. And like, you, you just, you kind of get, you kind of get stuck in those, in those ruts. I, I'm going to say this cause I want us to come back to it, but mm-hmm. I, I really think that uh, maybe one of the ways that we end this is, you know, when, when, when we notice ourselves starting to feel that way, is there some things that you can, can do to, to help pull yourself out? Yeah. Perfect. Because I can say that that was my worst period of time, but it comes back, right? You know, it's oh, not yeah. the last oh, time no, that yeah. I felt so super lonely and, and yeah, absolutely. But please. And, yeah, and I'm, I'm going to attack it from something that's a little bit more recent for me because I, I, I would say that I have similar experiences, um, to what you said throughout life. And, and I think you're exactly right. And I think of Elijah who goes to the mountaintop and, you know, brings down fire. And then he's on this, he's, he's got this huge, you know, victory. Things are going well. Then all of a sudden he's in the valley and he's praying and asking God to kill him. And he yeah. feels like he's the only one that's trying to serve the Lord. And God says, no, <laughs> no, you're not. But that to me, that story just shows that's what life is like. Yeah. It's yeah. a series of hills and valleys. And and when you're on the mountaintop, you might be lonely, but it doesn't feel lonely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the valley, you may not be lonely, but it feels lonely. Yeah. And powerful. I'm thinking about how the difference between how you feel and you know, what, what reality is and what you talked about, how if we allow our feelings to do that, for me, I let my feelings cause me to push people away. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling lonely, so I need to be lonely. Yeah. It's like, that's so dumb. Like even, you know, even that, that thought of leading into depression, well, I'm depressed, so I don't really want to be around people when that may be exactly what you need is, is to be around people. I love the end of that verse that talks about that Satan is a lion. And and Peter says, 
Listen, your brothers and sisters are experiencing the same thing that you are throughout throughout the world. And for me, I would say that I've experienced more loneliness in the last couple years than I ever have because it's a different type of loneliness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, what you described and, and what I experienced as a kid was I think there's so much of that was just me trying to discover who I am yeah, and feeling like, searching through my identity of, you know, who am I? And is there there anybody else out there like me? Yes. And feeling like an an alien maybe at times, but now I'm experiencing the loneliness that comes through leadership. Okay. Yeah. And just how, when you're at the top of an organization or even if, even in management, you know, there was a, when I was working at Chick-fil-A, the, the Lord's chicken. We were serving the Lord's chicken. When I, was, when I was working at Chick-fil-A, there was somebody that was a really good friend with a bunch of us. They got moved up to a management position. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like it killed our friendship dynamic. Mm-hmm. And now I appreciate that because I, I like it makes sense to me now, yeah. because when you're called on to be a manager, you've got to do things and you've got to live up to an expectation that nobody else has to. And the the buck stops with you, yeah. and and I'm sure that you've you've experienced that too, because yeah. there's times where you make decisions or you know stuff that you you can't really talk to other people about, mm-hmm. and you bear the weight of things that happen. And so I think that there's times where I it just causes me to do exactly what I talked about, and that is to to kind of push people away because I I just need I just need to bear this myself, mm-hmm. and understanding that there might not be anybody within your organization that you can talk to but there's there are people in the world (laughs) that you can talk to and so it's easy to let yourself become isolated and distant and nobody understands it's like no there actually there are people that that understand and even if they haven't gone through what you've gone through they get it Mm -hmm. they may not understand the situation but they understand the feeling and and that to me is is what's important and understanding that maybe and, and maybe this leads into to what we wanted to to, to get to is like what what do you do when you feel that way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like how how do you you know the, the one of the funny things that I've heard people say I'll, I'll let you take this you but you know self help books are kind of garbage because in a lot of ways you can't help yourself. <laughs> Like, yes, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I need something more than this. I, I need actual help. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, b- before we kind of get into the, to, to how to solve it, I, I do want to ask just kind of a follow-up to you because yeah. I, it was, it, it, hearing you describe it, you're right. It is something that I think I have felt to, to some degree um, as I've kind of taken different sort of leadership positions in, in, in spots. And so I wonder, you know, and I think you were even kind of touching on this a little bit, you know, is there any way, is there any way to avoid that kind of disconnection um, when you kind of consider the idea that you do have responsibilities now that are kind of, you know, uh, larger and you do bear, you know, kind of extra weight on your shoulders as a result of that. I mean, I wonder to some degree there is going to be maybe not loneliness, but at least there has to be separation. Would, yeah. you, would you say that's fair? Or what, oh, yeah. Or, yeah. And I, I think there's levels to it. And there's certain people that you 
grow to trust. And the, the hardest part about leadership is that you, you can never at some level be surprised by betrayal uh-huh. because we humans are innately self-preserving. Mm-hmm. And so you, when you go into a leadership position, like you can just be the boss, but I don't want to live that kind of life. I, I also want to be a, a friend not necessarily like let's be buddy, buddy. Yeah, like even right, like right, with right. my kids, like I, I want to be, I don't want to be their friend, but I want to be friendly. Uh-huh. You know, right. I, I want them to have positive thoughts and emotions. Uh, I want to laugh together. Uh, I want to be able to joke, you know, together. And like, I, there, there needs to be like some sense of camaraderie because otherwise it's like, well, crap, I got to go show up and work with these people. And I don't like, you know, I don't like them. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but so there, there, there's got to be some willingness to open up some levels of my life, but at the same time, you've got to protect yourself yeah. and you've, you've got to know that betrayal is a very real thing and it can happen and it, it stinks, but yeah. I would rather open my heart and live to that than just live closed off and, and be hundred percent lonely. Exactly. You have to be authentic to yourself, yeah. you know, and, and whatever got you to the position that you're in was by being the best version of yourself that you can be in all of those different ways. So it's not like you move into a new job and you have to like turn off those things. But like you said, there are certain guardrails. There are certain, um, you know, safeguards that you kind of have to put yeah. into place to, for, for a couple of reasons, like you said, I think to protect yourself mm. and also because it's one of those things, whether it's fair or not, I think there are certain expectations that, that kind of come with leadership. You have to, you know, in some ways be just a little bit more uh, reserved because otherwise it can give the appearance of not being um, thoughtful or it can give the appearance of not being trustworthy potentially. Right. You know, so I think there are like certain things that you have to kind of um, lean into a little bit of a demeanor uh, that, that that might be new for for a person when, especially when they're kind of acclimating to a leadership role. But don't do that at the expense of like giving up yourself because you yeah. being yourself is what got you into that position. Um, and finding, I think you got to find your people. Yeah, yeah. Because I was listening to a podcast where a couple comedians were talking, and they were just talking about you know when when somebody comes to the show. There's always going to be a joke that is borderline offensive. Uh-huh, That's uh-huh. kind of what it they do for a living. Way. Yeah. Now, for some people are going to think it's funny, like when you make fun of them, and then some people are going to be offended by it. Mm-hmm. And some of that is understanding who they are as comedians and their intent. Like we're here to make light of something so that it makes life a little bit easier because guys, life is hard. And I think that what you said is beautiful because I, at some level, I have to be me. Mm -hmm. And if I try so hard to be somebody else or to be what, like your image of, of what you think I should be, I, and I think that leads right back into loneliness Yes, because even if you do love me, you don't love me for me. You love me for the mask that I wear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and that's heartbreaking. Because you just love who I'm pretending to be. You don't you don't like me. And I think that sometimes it's scared because especially for me, because uncensored Will Hebner is 
a little bit insane. Yes, fair, 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 fair. And there's this expectation of, you know, do pastors say stuff like that? Well, if you if you don't know me and know my heart, then you might be offended by something I might say off collar or just at my house or just, you know, hanging out with the fellas. Uh-huh. But if you've spent enough time around me, you know my heart and you 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 know what I care about, you're like, oh, he's just messing around. Yeah. Right, you're not right, right. you're not going to be so easily offended by that. And and to me, that's one of those factors of loneliness because if I can't be myself, can't be then people aren't experiencing me and then people aren't really loving me. Yeah. They yeah. might be loving an idea of me. I mean, it's the same thing with social media. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you you could have uh, be an influencer with all these likes and comments and all this stuff, but if it's not genuine, yeah, they're not liking you. Yes, they're liking the image of you. And what's that say? It's a really good point, and 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 certainly we can do an entirely different pod about like how social media, I think, has created you know crazy amounts of loneliness or isolation in there as well. But the thing that you kind of mentioned there that I think is so important, I I hadn't really thought about this way until you you said it the way you did, is that um, I think think this kind of goes back to the loneliness that I felt too. I was not being my true full Mm. self because I was beating myself up so much. You know, I saw myself as worthless. You know, I was going to say, actually, do you think that part of that is because you were afraid that people wouldn't like you. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. You know, Genuine you. Exactly. Right. And 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 I'm kind of the same way, you know, like I mean, we we are in a lot of ways very similar, right? In that, you know, if we're kind of like left unfiltered or whatever, um, especially when I was younger, you know, like I I, I I was very loose with my tongue. I would say kind of whatever came to my mouth. It was typically very sarcastic, right? Yeah. You know, really, really not pleasant sometimes and and you know that that kind of stuff would you know kind of elicit a reaction that that you know sometimes people would laugh sometimes people would 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 think pretty poorly of me and you know after a while you kind of get this idea it's like well you know i need to i need to be more careful i need to restrain myself and hey don't get me wrong you do need to be polite and and courteous and and those kinds of things but but just like you know you can develop such negative self-talk about yourself and who you are that yeah it becomes a just becomes a huge problem and you you start to doubt that you have any redeeming qualities any value the scary part about that is that at at certain levels you start to believe it to be true yeah even though it may not it may not be so i think you know i i think to your point before it's definitely a situation where how do we how do we fix this that this is going to be the easiest thing for me to say the hardest thing to do but we have to recognize that we are that we have uh worth to other Mm. people you know that we are we are special you know and i don't mean that special in like the you know really you know fossil kind of like uh uh, generic way we're all special or anything like that but but like legitimately you know we all have things to offer we all have things that we can we can contribute to to people in our lives we can form relationships and have meaningful connections we can't sell ourselves short because that creates one of those barriers like what you were describing where we can't be our full selves where we're doubting ourselves to be funny or to be uh kind or to be you know like uh, this is a weird way to phrase it but like you know an addition to a social gathering right i don't want to go to this party because nobody's going to want me there and i'm you know what am i going to do i'm not gonna i'm just going to stand there and not do anything what what's the point of that and you know just recognizing that that you know 
I that that we all have something to offer as far as and maybe you've not found the right context. Yeah, <laughs> because to me, there might be a group of people that don't think you're funny. Yeah, but there's probably a group of people that think you're hilarious and that you're a fresh of a fresh of breath air. <laughs> fresh of breath air. Yeah, <laughs> a breath of fresh air. <laughs> I like the first way you said it. <laughs> what you say is also true. I think it's also okay, you know, if you're feeling confined by certain structures, you know, like for me, it was like, well, I don't have a friend group that goes out and plays like poker, like, you know, yeah. my, my, my brother was doing at the time. And it's okay to kind of ask yourself, well, do I want to do that? And yeah. if not, then I don't, then don't like, I don't even like know? poker. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like find something that you do want to do that would, you know, you would just be excited to do, not because of some sort of like peer pressure. Oh, if I'm not doing this, it means yeah. I'm a loser but just because it's something fun for you to do um we we do that sometimes when we play you know card games or board games or anything like that it's just because it's fun to do we're not it's good to hang out obviously that that's a blast but it's also fun to just have something to do that around that you can also get excited yeah how how many people get trapped up in poor behavior because other people are doing it yeah right you don't even you don't even really want to do it you don't even like there's no there's no way i i have a hard time believing that everyone actually likes beer because it tastes it tastes disgusting it was a it was a decision that i made um right around this time because i i felt the pressure that's right? what I'm, yeah you know, that's what i'm saying like, so many people like, okay, start drinking i start drinking you know yeah. or something like that because i was turning 21 and all that kind of stuff and i would drink it and and, and become like i just don't it's just not it's not not for me, you know, it's yeah. just not not really connecting. I don't well, know. before we get too far off, yeah, you feel like there are things that you've been able to do when you sense yourself headed towards loneliness, or if you feel like you're in there, it, maybe it's not even things that you've done, but things that have happened to you that have really helped bring you out. Yeah, um, I think. Th- this is another one that's really easy to say, but really hard to do. But I mean, when, when you've been through a tough time with this and you have seen the other side of it, it, it just provides this foundation for you to know that, okay, I'm starting to feel isolated. I'm feeling like there's nobody in my corner. I'm feeling like I'm all by myself. Um, I kind of have to... by myself. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, man, what if the... <laughs> Don't want to be sorry. I'm so sorry. I just couldn't. The podcast it. is going to get taken down for this. We don't have permission to use that song. Oh no. Uh, but uh, seriously though, uh, there is uh, there is that thing that kind of happens where sometimes, even if you don't feel it in the moment. You kind of have to know yourself well enough to to say, okay, I'm not feeling really well. I probably still need to try and reach out to a friend or, you know, find my way towards some sort of situation. Not, not like a high pressure situation, but if there's some sort of event happening, you know, obviously it's easy for us at church or something like that. Then, you know, I might I might be on the fence about going, just, you know, just go to it, go out there and, and, yeah. and you know, you'll probably be glad that you, you did that, you know, take that step out there to just realize, okay, I'm not. 100% here. I could use that as an excuse to just stay home and not do anything, but you know, maybe just maybe just do it anyway. You got to find a balance. Yeah, and and I and I bet, you know, at the end of the night you'll be glad that you did that. And it might yeah. even kind of help, you know, alleviate some of that isolated lonely feeling there. And I would say too that sometimes you have to walk through doors to find out that they're the wrong doors. And that's that's okay. Like yeah. it's not like even if you try it and you're like mm, this is not for me like that you you figured out this is not you i do uh, say this with some 
you know, caution or whatever, but I have found it to be a useful thing. Sometimes if you're, if you're not sure whether or not you should try something or not, probably a good idea just to try it, you know, just to, just to explore a little bit, obviously do that within the, uh, the, the realm of, you know, making smart choices, what's, what's legal, <laughs> yeah, legal choices, making good decisions, not doing anything that would, you know, sin yeah. against God or anything like that. But it's like, you know, stretch yourself, step out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And a lot of times you'll be better off for it. Yeah. Um, Again, I know if you're feeling a lot of loneliness, you can feel so depressed or anything like that, that it's not easy to do that. But also, you don't have to be in charge of anything or the, either. Or the just, idea is that I'm not wanted. Yeah. Nobody wants me around. Yeah. And yeah. that that's just not true. Yeah. Like, right. you, you can feed into that. And you can even you can even make that narrative shine through other people's text messages. Yeah. You can make that narr- narrative shine through other people's facial expressions, mm-hmm. but it's simply not true. And even if there are a group of people that feel that way, yes, then forget them. Yeah, there's there's other people out there that do want you. That's huge too. Maybe you've been burned by a group of people that you thought were friends, or or people that you you kind of wanted to become close to in in a relationship, you know, like like friendship relationships or something like that, and it's not happening. And it's easy enough to paint that with a broad brush and say like, yeah. oh, that's going to be the that's that's the case for everybody. But that that's just not so. No, I mean that is one thing. I, I hesitate to say anything absolutely, but that is one thing that it's easy to say. People. People, people will welcome you. You just have to sometimes find your people. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say that church is a lot like that too. Yeah. That, you know, people, people just have a bad experience, one bad experience and they write off all churches and it's like, you know what? Give, give somebody else a chance. Um, Give another community a chance to, to welcome you the way that you deserve to be welcomed. And, 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 And and if, and it's not something that's wrong with you. Yes. It's something right, that's right, wrong right. with that community. Exactly. Exactly. And one thing you can kind of check yourself with with those types of situations too is if you if you kind of put yourself out there in a way that is, you know, unassailably, you know, positive like by doing volunteer work or or you know, serving in your church yeah. in some capacity or something like that, you'll you'll form connections just by that shared experience of having done that and you'll you'll have a at least a high degree of confidence that everybody has similar values to you and and that can be just a really rewarding thing too. That was really helpful for me. And it's uh, taken when your, I was in that stage. It's taken your focus off of yourself yeah yeah and putting it on others yeah it can be so motivational yeah um because you're doing things for other people you're not worrying about yourself so much but you know and i think this is a great way that god works is that he'll also heal that other part too you know you'll be doing something good for other people but you'll also be doing something really good for yourself yeah that's awesome i feel like my answer is a great transition into the next question so Okay, great. You're great supposed to ask this one, so I'm going to do you a favor and I'm going to not steal it from you. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to make a meal out of it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, for uh, As we as we kind of transition out of the question of the pod, we, we came up with a most important question that we think really leads well out of this. So the most important question today, Will, is there a promise of God that has fought against a dark feeling, a dark pit of despair that you've seen in your life. Yeah, and, and one of the reasons I said what I did is because we ended that thinking about what is it that you can do or has there been things in your life that have helped pull you out of those? Mm, yes. And it's not only this, but I would say consistently it's been 
worship experiences. It's been verses in the Bible. It's been my church community that's really helped pull me out of that. Remembering, you know, we we talked about music at the last last podcast, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. how some of those times are, you know, it's the the right song really hits you in the right way, and it just really like it connects your mind to a truth of God that fights against that feeling that you have. And I think that there was a time in my life where, where it was probably a night and day difference. And there was a prayer that I was told to pray that I think revolutionized my life, honestly. And that was father, God, give me what you've placed Give me the desire that you've placed in me or take away that desire. So there was a point in my life where my wife, Steph, and I, we wanted to have kids. She wanted to wait five years. I wanted to wait like two. Um, we started I, <laughs> we started at two years, but she ended up getting her way anyways because it, yeah. it took us so long for her to get pregnant and I don't know. There's people out there that you might be listening to this and maybe you've, you've experienced something similar, whether through miscarriage or, or, or different, different kind of things that, that come along with the difficulties of childbirth. But I don't know that I would have been able to tell you how hard it was every stinking month when that period came. It was yeah. heartbreaking. And if that period was delayed a day or two, mm, you start yes. to get your hopes up and then it happens and you're heartbroken time after time after time after time. And after two years of that, I just got really bitter. Yeah. Uh, I remember one instance in particular, I was at Walmart and I saw somebody with a kid and I got so angry that I couldn't even focus on what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And it I just started spouting off things like, why? Why them? God, why them and not me? Here I am serving you. Here I am trying to do my best to, to live for you, and you refuse to, to bless me in this way. And Sometime in that season, I came across this verse in Jeremiah. This is Jeremiah 7 and 8. 17, 7 and 8, sorry. And it says, The person who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence indeed is in the Lord, is blessed. He will be like a tree planted by water. It sends its roots out toward the stream. It doesn't fear when heat comes, and its foliage remains green. It does not worry in a year of drought or never ceases producing fruit. And it's easy for me to say in hindsight right now, because I have a child that God answered prayers for me. The truth is God healed my heart before I ever knew that Stephanie was pregnant. And he used this verse and that prayer to heal my heart, to bring me out of that season of despair, to connect me to something that I had lost sight of. And that as long as God is on the throne, as long as he loves me, there is hope. And so I started praying that prayer. And that prayer was, God, you've given me this incredible desire to be a father. Either bless it or take it away. I'm okay with either or. Whatever your will is, 
make it happen. Mm-hmm. But either, either fulfill that desire that you've placed inside me or take it away or change it. Mm-hmm. Lead me towards adoption. Well, you know, what, whatever you, whatever you got to do, Lord, you do it. And praying that prayer just gave me the sense of hope that he would figure it out. Yeah. I mean, he already had it figured out. I mean, I guess it's really that, that I would, I would figure it out. Figure out. But it was, it was just a season of, of trusting and was there ups and downs still? Yes, but they weren't as hard. Yeah. Because I would keep leaning on this, this verse and keep leaning on, just that that promise that I could be like a tree planted near the water, yeah. that that I could have hope even in difficult seasons, and that hope was not something that was tied to my circumstances. Hope was something that was tied to my Savior. Yes, yes. So powerful, man. But, yeah. No. What about you, Matt? I I got to tell you real quick that I mean that the imagery in that verse is just like absolute. Uh, beauty, right? Mm. You know, just just the idea of of this beautiful tree that is just able to withstand the weather, that is able to stand the seasons yeah. and everything like that. Man, what what a, what a thing to aspire to, right? That that's that's amazing. Uh, you know, in some ways, uh, my the 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 kind of promise that I I lean on there is about uh, th- this idea of stress and relief from that. And so I kind of, when I was going through a period of time and and this has popped up every so often, it was interesting. I hadn't thought about it in this context until you were talking about, you know, yours and and, and Stephanie's struggles, but, you know, in a, in a season where after we had Samuel, um, we had, we had a number of, you know, um, unsuccessful pregnancies and, and we went through a really, you know, kind of, kind of dark time and, and Tara was hurting real bad during that period of time. And I just wanted, you know, you kind of get that feeling when you see someone you love and care about, it's just hurting so much. It's like, man, I wish I could take it away from yeah. them. I wish you yeah. didn't have to feel that. And that's kind of what the verse, uh, in Matthew chapter 11 is talking about verse 28 Come to me, all who are mm. all who labor and are heavy yeah. laden, and I will give you rest. And that that again, that word choice of like heavy laden, you know, you're just you're just you're crushed by whatever yeah. is going on in your life, whether it's circumstances, whether it's the weight of you know what you feel are expectations or responsibilities or whatever it may be. It could be like what you, what what you were describing before, what we've talked about in this pod, where you know you feel like you have these these amazing responsibilities you're glad for them because you're you're thankful that god is trusting you to them but they're hard too and you want to do right by god you want to do right by the people that you're responsible for and and you know serve in the way that you've been called to serve but but how do i do that and and that can cause so much stress and anxiety for that the you know the verses that come after that um are are just so beautiful right take my yoke upon you uh, learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my yeah. burden is light. I was like, wow, again, what it, it's what I'm constantly striving for. I realized, it, you know, if we were to kind of put ours in compare, you know, together, it's like, man, if I can plant my roots deep enough in, in the savior, it's like, what a, what a relief that would be. I, I, I experience it at times, but it's always something I want to continue to strive for because I realize also realizing that, you know, maybe maybe looking at it in terms of like effort is not always the most <laughs> the most accurate way to do it either. But but just, you know, that 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 kind of recognition that it's like it's there, it's available, you know, that's the promise. You you can have 
relief from these the, these these things that weigh you down and you know if you're if you're feeling heavy laden if you're feeling burdened or something there there is a way out you know there's yeah. peace that can come from that um that's that's just peace so important that's, peace that's not tied to the circumstance yes yeah it lasts yeah because it's it's rooted in the river yeah yeah you know and as long as as long as you're planted near that river, you're always going to have access, yeah. even if it's not raining. Even if that river dries, there's an aquifer, you know, underneath. It's all. I mean, yeah. Christ says, "I'll give you living water." Oh, yeah, cool. it's. I mean, it's 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 beautiful stuff, right? I mean, that's the that's the hope that um, the Bible offers us so often too. It just you know, it, so such um, assurance of those mm. things. All right, it's time for our final thoughts. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to go first? You want me to go first? Why don't you go first? I'm still kind of formulating mine. I must that means know. he doesn't have one, folks. I don't exactly <laughs> have one. So maybe my final thought will give you a final thought. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> um, there was something you said at the beginning, and it was long enough ago that I don't remember what it was. <laughs> but the question that I thought of that I think is just a really leans into the idea of feeling lonely is does anybody else feel this way? Mm-hmm. And that's, and I don't know if you were just describing some of what, what you went through and that, that season and what that was like for you. And, and the thought for me was how much of that loneliness came from that place. Am I the only one that feels this way? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I think that that is such a, to, to say this in not such a gentle way, it is such a selfish thing to think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Such an arrogant thing. It's a little egotistical, right? Yeah. To assume I'm the only one that could possibly have experienced yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but we've all been there. Yeah, especially, you know, that's the immaturity that, yeah. that, that comes with being a teenager, right? It's like, nobody understands me. <laughs> and, and I And I think that, we have to fight those feelings because it's okay to feel the way that you feel. It's okay to feel like you're the only one who goes through what you're going through. It's okay yeah. to feel that way, but I think you've got to realize that that's not the truth. Yeah. yeah. And, and I don't know why, I mean, this might be a <laughs> another episode, but why is it that it's so comforting knowing that somebody else is going through it too? <laughs> Like, I don't know why that's comforting. Like, I'm really thankful that you're suffering as well. You know, that's, that's a really good point. I have a colleague uh, at, at, at the university I work for, and she and I will often kind of commiserate on something. You know, we're both kind of the same kind of like hyper-organized uh, people sometimes. And I, I'll just kind of confess to her one time. I'll say like, you know, I'm just really behind. She'll say, oh, that makes me so glad to hear you yeah. say that. <laughs> Because I am also behind. <laughs> and, and and vice versa, right? You know, she'll say something. I was like, hey, don't worry. I'm right there with you. You yeah. know, it's like yeah. we're uh, – that, that's a really good point. Uh, misery loves company, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but, but no, I think it's – I don't think it's a bad thing. I think there's something reassuring about it yeah. almost. Uh, interesting. Because yeah. – and, and maybe to our point is that it disproves loneliness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not alone in my struggle. The the note that I wrote down for my kind of final thought takeaway type thing was just when you were talking about the example with Elijah and the mountaintop and the valley mm. and everything and just how 
uh, intensified, I think, you know, emotions can feel in one situation, uh, like, or, or perception, I guess, you know, that idea about perception and feeling and how it doesn't always align with reality. Right. And I, and I think there's something really interesting there about how that can trick us. And sometimes if maybe if, Maybe if we know that there are other people that are going through the same thing, it kind of like shatters the illusion that there's like something truly unique or significantly horrible happening because it's like, okay, this is just things that happen. Everybody goes through this, you know, there was a there was a viral video online about the uh, Oklahoma University, University of Oklahoma's softball team. Okay, and they were supposed supposed to win. They actually did end up winning. So maybe this is not as powerful, but. They talked about, you know, they'd only lost once, and how do you how do you sustain this? <laughs> and all the girls kind of reiterated the same thing in that we're not chasing wins; we're chasing pretty much our 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 best effort because we find our identity in Christ. Oh wow! So we understand that the wind cannot give us what we want, what mm, we need. Okay. Yeah. So if I'm finding my fulfillment in Christ, I don't need the win. And so we're playing from a place where we're having fun and we're competing and we're playing at a high level, but we don't need the win. We want it, but we don't need it. It's a joy when it comes. Yeah. But God's still good even in the loss. Yeah. And that's what you made me think about that. Like just the not letting the circumstances or and I was just thinking about, you know, I'm sure that mountaintop moment for Elijah was super amped up. Mm-hmm. And maybe it wasn't, the valley wasn't that low. It was just so different yes. in comparison. And and here comes that word again, com, you know, yeah. comparison. Yeah. What, what are you comparing your experience to? Yeah. You feel this way. You're comparing that to feeling what and, and maybe that's why some of those addictions are are so dangerous because you're comparing your your moment and the way that you feel to how you feel when you're six beers in yeah and how how much better it feels because mm-hmm. you you're not thinking about certain things and and, and whatnot absolutely and of course that's that's you know in a, a physical effect you know uh that that will obscure your uh your your ability to perceive things with clarity that that occurs in addition to whatever else might be going on emotionally or mentally as well so yeah. just think about how that exacerbates things and and any vice will do that to some degree or another you know it'll yeah. just trick you or, or make it worse mm. amen yeah well i think that's that's all she wrote. Folks. Yeah, I can't say we solved it, but that's okay. It's uh, just something we'll continue no, to just to conversation, think on. man. Yeah. Yep. Well, we hope you subscribe. We hope you send us thoughts, ideas, messages, um, input. Yeah. If you want us to talk about something in particular, man, send an email. Prompt. Yeah, thank you for all the good feedback, all the all the love in the comments and everything like that. It's really, really special. We're glad to hear that it's kind of connecting with some folks, and we, we hope to keep doing that. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys, we'll see you next time. Have a good week. Peace.